Hello and welcome to the Power Platform episode three. Today I am joined by two wonderful community members. We have Alison Mullen. You know her with her bright hair and her awesome wardrobe. Um, she is the vegan uh, CEO of Maximus IT. We have the one and only wonderful Alison Mulligan. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, and we also joined today by Carl Cookie Cookson. Uh, he is a technical architect of uh, Avanard. Um, he is a staple at loads of community events. We were just chatting about all the uh, team leads he's been for all these community hackathons that have been going on around the world recently. So welcome, uh, Carl. Hey, hi. Uh, thank you both for joining me here tonight. Um, but we'll go into a bit more detail. So uh, I'll start with you, Alison. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are, uh, who you work for, or you know the business that you own, um, and tell us a little bit about uh, about you. I, I feel it was an error to start with me, but we'll go with it. <laughs> I'll go with it anyway. So, um, for those that don't know me, hi, my name is Alison Mulligan. Uh, I can't believe you led with vegan there, Matt, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let it go. I'll, I'll probably get accused of ramming it down people's throats. <laughs> fine um and i for those of you that don't know me i am the ceo of maximus it and we are a recruitment company so try not to spit at me if you see me next time at an event um but we specialize for recruiting for power platform but um i am i'm also a d365 user um, and a power platform user and uh, and a power addict um and i like to build little apps and bits of power automate and uh and things in forms and, and that kind of thing uh, on our system. So um, I think that's probably that's probably in a, in yeah. a nutshell, isn't it? Really? Uh, yeah. See, yeah. I, I led with vegan because it's more like it's more of a, a thing that is there's more vegans than non-vegans these days. You know. Is there? Yeah. So oh, you'll, you'll, all, you'll all be <laughs> vegan sooner or later. Might have no exactly. choice. I mean, I I mean, I kind of I t I turn to flexitarianism, which people say is a made-up thing. But it's just more of a, a choice for me in terms of I want to eat less meat and have less less uh, meat products in my body and just looking at the science and stuff. So I'm I love these sorts of conversations where we can just talk about like different types of food. Um, as a as a massive foodie that um, was once afraid of nearly all food and all vegetables, um, to now eat nearly entirely vegetarian um, or vegan most nights is is a change for me. So, uh, so I think it's I think it's a badge of pride. So that's why I'm that's why oh, well, I said it. Glad, I'm glad you say it's a badge of pride. But a badge of pride. But hey, do you know what veganism and vegetarianism is made up as well? If people are going to say flexitarian, like vegan is literally a contraction of vegetarianism. That's all yeah. it is. So like it's all made up. It doesn't matter. But like you know, whatever your reasons, then. Um, you've got to do what you want to do for you. And, yeah. My eldest son is a vegetarian, and my problem with it is it I forget him. So I'll be doing a roast dinner, and <laughs> three or four times out of five, it'll be just as I'm putting in the Yorkshire puddings, it'll be like, did you remember me, Dad? And then it's like, oh, and then run around <laughs> to try and find something that's not just vegetables for him to eat. So I have you got him, just uh, Have you got just the one boy? I've got two sons. You've got two? Um, the eldest yeah. is the eldest 15 he's vegetarian the youngest um just wants to eat meat and that's it he'd rather have just he just you know chicken steak as rare as you like to the opposite 
So I think uh, what you should do on his 16th birthday is send him a card that says, as kids go, you're definitely in my top two. <laughs> well, that's, this is where we always have that running joke in the family about the favourite son and uh, whether they, whether they were um, planned, etc. And uh, they never get a straight answer. So I think we're all sensing we know who the favourite is on this. <laughs> <laughs> and but if yeah, they're planned or not. I, uh, <laughs> well, I don't think they're ever entirely planned, are they? Yeah. But yeah, I'm a huge foodie as well, but I'm not allowed to talk about the air fryer, so I can't. Speak. No, you're not. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had a little pre-chat about this. Um, well, that brings us ni nice and neatly onto you, Carl. So we know you've got two sons. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, who do you work for and, and what you sort of do? I'm Carl Cookson. I work for Avenard. Um, that's how you say it, Matt, because you didn't earlier. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been um, doing CRM since 2001. So wow. before Microsoft stole the term, and converted it into their product um, for other suppliers of uh, CRM products. Um, started on uh, Pivotal CRM for anybody out there that now is owned by Aptian, I think. Um, and then migrated to Microsoft uh, infrastructure facilities about five years ago um, as a user. So um, supporting managing a user development practice, effectively internal practice. And then a couple of years back joined Avenard and have effectively that really kick-started my journey into the community it was opened my eyes and going back to working in London and that sort of thing rather than being in the suburbs so yeah and and I've, I've my community has sort of come on leaps and rounds in the last year I'm starting to notice the, the returns and the investment and it is a, an investment and um, really helps me thrive effectively doing my job and and I don't want so much to continue really but yeah, yeah I I work on medium to large projects generally across enterprise clients for Avenard de deploying Dynamics 365 and Power Platform. Wow so doing everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically yeah. a slut a slut of Power Platform which just doesn't. Oh aren't we all aren't we all. <laughs> oh yes that, that is a good point. Point. Um, so one of the things that I always ask people when um, when I talk to them is trying to how they got into this industry. So Alison, you being a recruiter, there are so many different um, you know things you could recruit in, and you said you are a user of the Power Platform and of Dynamics. How did you try to get into recruiting, and then how did you kind of specialize in like the sort of Microsoft Power Platform space? Great. That's a great looking question, Matt. There's a, there's a multi part answer to that, which uh, involves uh, first explaining that I'm very old and um, uh, I've been working for a really, really long time. So I've had quite a number of jobs. Uh, my first career choice was hairdresser and beautician. So, um, which uh, it seems very weird now. Interesting change. Uh, well, actually, no, sorry, that's not true. My first career choice was I wanted to fly fighter jets. Oh, okay. and, uh, and so I went to join the RAF and um, I got, uh, because I got good O-level results, I got straight into office training at Cranwell, accepted straight into office training. Um, and then they pointed out quite quickly that I wouldn't be allowed to fly fighter jets because if your eyesight is anything less than a gnat's knacker away from being perfect, they won't let you anywhere near like million pound jets and stuff. So, uh, yeah. so I had a bit of a strop about that and I thought, well, I'll join the army instead. 
and, uh, and then my dad quite rightly pointed out that actually I wasn't very well suited to any kind of authoritarian <laughs> type environment and probably wasn't the best choice. So then I went to hairdresser and beautician because there was a hairdresser quite near where we lived. So uh, I said, all right, have you got any work? And they went, yeah. So that was the, the career choice that I went with. Uh, and then very quickly realised that that wasn't going to be very fulfilling. And um, so then I worked for Amex and... Uh, when we, this is brilliant. When we first, uh, when I first worked there, um, I was in this division called cashiers, and what we used to do is process all of the checks. It's people used to send in a check to pay off their Amex card. Yeah. And there was also an account called personal reserve, and you could have a direct debit set up from your personal reserve, which is kind of like a current account thing, oh, yeah. to pay your Amex card off. And so, um, or, or you could have a direct debit from another account to pay your Amex card uh, uh, on a on a monthly basis. Now. When was this? This was in the 80s, in fairness, because I am quite old. But what? like the, di the direct debits were in, um, they were paper. The, you know when you used to fill out a paper direct debit oh, band? Yeah. They were like those paper sheets that people had filled out and yeah. signed in a filing cabinet. And, the, <laughs> and they were in name order. So they weren't in date order. So you could just pull out like the ones for the day. So you have to rummage through. Sorry, my dog's come to say hi. You Hello. have to rummage through... Uh, all of the all of the direct debits to see what date was on them to pick them all out and i went why are you doing this like after the third month of me doing it, i'm going this is nuts why are you doing this why don't you put them in date order so like on the 16th you just pull out all the ones from the 16th and they went oh yeah and i'm like really? you didn't think of that so i i got the job of reorganizing all the direct debits and i said actually it would be really good if you computerized it and they went oh yeah so they got me this stack of excel manuals about this tool <laughs> Uh, because you had to actually learn how to write a macro and stuff then. Yeah. Um, and and I thought, actually, yeah, I, like, I quite enjoy this. So I, I like, I really learn Excel. I really learn how to do stuff. All of the stuff that you can do now with the function button and stuff like that, you used to actually have to, um, like, write out the, a little, that wasn't really code, but, like, you had to write out all of the, um, all of the functions, et cetera, yeah. by longhand. Yeah. So, um and I, I really got into that. And then, strangely, I don't really know how it happened. I ended up going working as a market forecaster for Yves Saint Laurent on their, like, fragrance and cosmetic stuff. And, like, that kind of want to be involved in systems. Like, we're still, we had an old AS400 system there. Oh my God, you remember the old, um, if you ever see old uh, films where they've got the green on black monitors and stuff yeah. like that, all of that stuff. And because um, I am that old, I had to teach some of the older people there how to learn to use a mouse when we got new machines with <laughs> Windows. And one woman actually would pick the mouse up and click it like a TV remote, a screen like that. And oh. it's just so much fun. Anyway, so, um, and, and my, but I, I still wanted to do something with systems. So I volunteered to build an access database for them when they actually moved on to Windows. Um, oh. And I kind of got started with that. And then somebody said, oh, you're a bit of a gobshite, aren't you? Have you ever thought about working as an international headhunter? And I went, oh, that sounds really exotic. Yeah, we <laughs> go for that. So I went, uh, like, it was a friend of a friend um, who was building this company and they wanted to recruit people in Germany. And I had, I had O-level German, so I thought, why not? You know, O-level German, meaning I could just about order a beer and a coffee and say, I don't That's understand. That's all you need. That was it. Where's, where's, where's the bathroom or, you know, Didn't even need the that. library? Yeah. Didn't even need that, no. None of that, none of that, because as soon as anyone heard my English accent, they just speak to me in English, so it's yeah. completely fine. So I went out to, my first job in recruitment was working in Frankfurt, 
and uh, which was pretty uh, it was pretty fun, pretty eye opening. And then I went to Switzerland for a bit, um, and uh, but the office was based in the UK, so there was a lot of like toing and froing, and um, and then I I, I kind of went, oh, you know, I, I'm going to do something different now. So and there I was uh, recruiting for um, mobile phone. So at that point we didn't have GSM in the UK. Yeah. Uh, or, in, or in Europe and they were just rolling it out so it was like hiring all of these engineers from Australia where they'd had GSM for a while uh, to do all of these line of sight and base station jobs uh, to, mm -hmm. to roll out the GSM network and that was going a bit flat so then I thought all right well I'll I'll come to a, a company in the UK and uh, do more telecom stuff because that was the the network that I had uh, and I did that for a bit and then I went into engineering and manufacturing recruitment which again, I don't really know. It wasn't really by design. It just kind of happened. And um, and then from engineering and manufacturing, I went into ERP recruitment doing uh, Oracle or specifically Hyperion, which I don't even know if that if people even use that anymore. I'm sure some people still do. And that was when I first joined Maximus 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and then like over the years, we've kind of expanded out from Oracle into SAP and uh, Dynamics um, and Salesforce and Workday um, and then like the company kind of split one guy um, who was like our number one biller decided he was going to set up on his own and he took like loads of people with him and so it kind of all split off and that was the point after which I, I kind of took over and um, then in 2015 we had um, before that I had been I'd moved into like an operational role and we'd been trying to get a cloud, fully cloud-based setup, which was notoriously difficult for, for no apparent reason that anyone could explain to me yeah. other than I was just talking to people that didn't know what, what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up speaking to Mitchell Feldman, his name was, who at the time was, uh, the company was called, it became Red Pixie, I forget what it was called at the time. Mitchell's a really lovely guy, he's at HP now. Um, and he said, oh, yeah, this is easy. Like you're, you're paying too much. You're paying a fortune for crap systems. Just move it all onto, uh, onto Microsoft Cloud. So I went, so I looked at it and it was like, it was less than half what we were paying. Yeah. Um, and it all seemed to be super efficient. And the only sticking point was we had to change our CRM. But to be honest, we were happy to do that anyway. So we moved on to um, Office 365 and, and CRM in 2015 and I was blown away by it and I'm like this is so much better than what we were doing before why were we even doing it that way it seems yeah. bonkers and um, I kind of got more and more involved with the CRM system and um, I took a decision uh, maybe a year maybe a couple of years ago that actually we weren't going to do any of the other stuff we were going to get rid of all the SAP and Workday and, and Salesforce and yeah. everything else and we lost a few people over that and we were just going to focus on uh, on doing Microsoft um, because I believe in the technology, right? Yeah. Like I've seen the technology and as a small business, I saw the difference that it made to us, like a big difference very, very quickly. Um, and I thought like, when you look at the competitors, when you look at Oracle and SAP, like they're, they're, they're just dead. They're yeah. just, you know, they're just dinosaurs now. Their cloud offering is so, it's their cloud offering. I, do you remember when the iPhone came out? Before that, everyone had the a Nokia. One. Yeah. 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 Before that, Nokia ruled the mobile phone market. Right? Yeah. Absolutely ruled it. Everybody had a Nokia. And if you had a Nokia, you stayed with Nokia because you knew the menu system and stuff like that. And then the iPhone came out. And like the first year of the iPhone being out, uh, Nokia, nothing. Second year, nothing. Third year, nothing. Like after four years, they went, oh, here's our Windows POS phone. <laughs> it's really awful. And you're like, 
honestly, this was the best you could come up with. Like it was, yeah. So like that um, is how I view SAP and, and Oracle. They're just like, but they're making billions, you know, they've still got loads of uh, large scale companies that are entrenched in their systems and they won't, won't be moving anytime soon. Yeah. Salesforce is great. Um, and it like, it's a, it's a nice looking product. They're a bit dubious about how they sell it as this kind of low cost option. It doesn't exactly do what they say on the tin. Yeah. Uh, but like, but it's you know it's a nice-ish product. Uh, it's it's not flexible. Um, yeah. They say it is, but it really isn't. Um, Workday is a nice product, but it's kind of a one-trick pony. But it, right down the middle of all of this, you've got Microsoft with all the stuff they're doing in cloud technology, all of the stuff they're doing with CRM, all this Power Platform stuff, and it's an absolute no-brainer. You can see that this is the way forward, and nobody else yeah. is doing anything like this. Right, nobody else is making this accessible platform where a security guard or a bus driver or a guy that cleans underneath the, the bus or whatever can yeah. can make a an app that makes a difference for their business, right? And and I believe in that, and that's you know that that's the important part for me. So the, yeah, that was a kind of round the houses journey of uh, of how I got into it. And I, I've always loved systems. I've always loved tech. I've got techno joy. I always have like playstations and I just bought a Nintendo Switch because like I'm eight. So. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, so that's kind of my journey from from there to here. I know yeah. I don't look, don't look over thirty five. I've done pretty well. No, I, I honestly, I when you said eighties, I was there like, what? Seriously? Um, late eighties, surely. <laughs> um, it was the mid to late eighties. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was, yeah. yeah. So not 80... that much older than me, and I was only. Oh, yeah, so it was eighty. Yeah, sorry, it was eighty nine. Yeah, so it was late eighties. Yeah. 80s, yeah. Mm. I I don't want to tell you when I was born now. No, um, no we don't want to know because yeah. us, us people that uh, were born before the 80s uh, don't want to know that sort of no. thing. Child of the 70s. Yeah, same here. So um, so I think there's a couple of interesting things you said there. Um, so the just a couple. Person, <laughs> just a, well, I could dissect. I could dissect from the from the RAF to the military to everything else. <laughs> Um, but no, um, so one of the things that you kind of said at the start of this was um, you're a recruiter, but don't spit on you. Um, yes. And it, it's kind of it's a knee jerk reaction, I guess, from a lot of people that recruiters get a very bad name for themselves. Um, and it, it's one of those things of just bad practice and then um, a constant ecosystem that is all based on numbers and targets and, and everything else, which kind of alleviate, like just leads to these issues that we have with um, with with recruiters and, and those neg negative connotations. But when I've spoken to you, we've actually had conversations about dynamics. So even though there are other companies that do specialized dynamics recruitment, you're the first person I actually had a conversation about dynamics to. You know, we were talking about things like word templates and and you would come to one of my talks to to hear about them because you know you're using them in your business and um you know other things that that's kind of that's that's one of the differences but that's not the only difference you're actually um again it's gonna sound weird you're a human being that talks to someone else like a human being and you don't just kind of you don't have that scrooge mcduck looking on your face which is what <laughs> a lot of recruitment recruiters i think have when they talk to me because you see those like dollar signs in the eyes oh. and it's like ah, i can sell you for so much money so, but i think we're as, as a on the other end of that that you yeah. we love recruiters when they're finding us roles and yeah. then oh, yeah. we just want them to leave us alone until we want another role yeah and, and that's it isn't it you, you, you just don't 
from a recruiter's point of view, he's like, well, I've just spent a great deal of many hours trying to get you this role and make sure it fits. Yeah. And and then suddenly you're not on my list of friends anymore and it just doesn't work out. Yeah, no, I do. and I, I do owe my current job or like my, my transition to my current company from a recruiter. So I was thankful about that. But then I actually heard about the underhanded tactics that they used to get me into this company and block me from going to another company that was actually closer to where I lived. Um, yeah. So that's when I started to go, do you know what? I'm I'm kind of done with them. So you're the only recruiter that I will ever advertise to my friends because you're a human first. Um, and I love our conversations. Yeah, me too. And I, like, I've learned so much from your videos as well that have been really useful to me. I've been watching some of the um, more recent uh, Power Automate ones because I'm trying to do some stuff now. So maybe we'll have a conversation about that. Well, feel free to uh, message me whenever. Um, so, Carl, sorry, um, we're, we're like half. <laughs> half <laughs> sorry, half. it's because I ramble this is on. Recruiter. She, no, she, it's, she's uh, got a voice in her. No, shot, see, so. I've learned <laughs> so much about Alison in like the last like 10 minutes than I've ever learned. So I, uh, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I actually started this is that I wanted just an excuse to talk to some cool people in the community. Um, you know, some of my friends. Nobody else was fine. available. Yeah, no one, no one else was available and no, everyone else so said no. Fun. Yeah, they were all like, enough, how, much you, how much are you going to pay them? I was like, nothing. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, Carl, how did you kind of uh, get into this industry? You said you started off with a different CRM system well, originally. Yeah, I, I went to university, did an electronics degree um, back in, uh, when was it, 1993, something like that. So straight out of university into electronics, and part of that was learning C, not C sharp, and yeah. uh, other th things that were old school and to do with networks and telecoms. And my first role out of um, university was um, with EDS, um, which have gone a long way from where they are. And, and they sent me to Detroit for nine weeks to learn Visual Basic. So wow. that was that's shown the age of of that um, VB6, I think, at the time. Um, and from there, Visual Basic was my core language for quite a while, and it was used on uh, Pivotal CRM, like I mentioned earlier. That was yeah. their core for making the, the, the you know, the, doing the code. Very, not low code at all, but very high code places for, the, for, for their Lots interface. all the code. Yeah, and that evolved and went to, to, to C Sharp and all the rest of it, and, and, that, and I stuck with that um, until my previous jobs at Avanard, where they, employed me as a pivotal manager developer you know to run that team and um, evolve that product in in-house and we did a lot of scheduling things and, and sort of all these more manner of things but it was always always very custom and then a new CEO come along and said now we'll change to Microsoft Microsoft you know we're paying all this for an on-premise environment and there's no um, good version of that online and all this investments going into Microsoft. This is early days of uh, online yeah. D365. So not that long ago, you know, five five years ago, six years ago, um, and that's what we did. We um, moved across um, over a period of, of a couple of years. Um, we still running concurrent systems and going through all the pitfalls of of, of moving into an online environment um, where your reliance on uh, configuration rather than code and that sort of thing and 
um, yeah, and that led to my role where I am now, where I'm, you know, I've never touched a, an on-prem Dynamics environment, and I'm, I'm thankfully still, and um, touch wood, and you touch uh, all the wood. <laughs> and thankfully, I, I don't have to. You know, it, the, the, the and it, and it's that part of me that that has gone from being a developer and. I have touched development recently again, working with the XRM toolbox stuff. But yeah. going, what is available, uh, what you can do without getting your hands dirty and and putting a colon or a semicolon in, is really incredible. And 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 that's for me the the whole like like uh, Alison was saying, the interaction between Microsoft and and Dynamics and its other suites and Flow and all the rest of them put together that really makes it such a great platform, and. The world's your oyster still on that platform. You, you can do whatever you want, and it's just making sure you've got the right mindset and tool set to to carry it on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm a massive cloud first advocate. Um, mm. You know, whenever I, I get a customer that's like on premise, I'm just there like, is there a reason? Like, do you is do you need to be there anymore? Because like Microsoft handles so much for you. They take care of the the database. They take care of the backups and the the indexing and like you know all these other compliance. things that you don't need to worry about compliance and GDPR. Like, but don't you think it's the the other way though as well that you know from a from a traditional uh, software consultancy like us that you've got a five year cycle for applications. Yeah. There was always that we'll do that on this version and we'll give it five years of investment and by that time another version will come along and we'll replace it or grade it well we don't have that anymore as well you know we just yeah. get you onto dynamics up here and that's forever young and you just keep yeah. migrating and it just depends on the implementation really whether you need to tweak it but it's just one of those things that the whole development landscape is changing from yeah. being a um monolithic big project you know big t development teams into yeah. here's the tool set you tell us when you have got a pain point and we'll come and solve that pain point yeah. you go and run and do the rest of it and pick off those low-hanging fruits and that get rid of that excess database and the excel sh spreadsheets and that sort of yeah. thing but we're here to support you in that journey and to um solve the big problems or advise and i think that's yeah. where our company is certainly going and, and most other big companies will will be going towards in development yeah. terms. Absolutely. I mean that's the the rise of Agile over the last sort of mm. like five to ten years is is that that exactly those those smaller projects for those smaller pain points because we now are on that sort of as you say that that system that is just forever refreshing and you know the Microsoft has said it's backwards compatible in inverted commas. So what, what should work yesterday will work tomorrow sort of thing. But I think we've all been stung with that in the past as well. Yeah, like I think I think the, the issues with people who are on premise, right? Like whenever I used to talk to people about it, um, their first concern was security. And I would always say, so you think that your IT guy who's paid 38 grand a year sitting in your office is doing a better job of keeping your data secure than Microsoft. Like I just, yeah. I just want you to run through that. Like what are, the, what are the odds? What are the sheer odds that Bob is doing a better job yeah. than Microsoft of keeping yeah. your data safe? And the other thing is, like I was guilty of this too, but I'm not very risk averse. I, I suffer from techno joy, and I'll go wading into things without thinking mm. them through. But like, it, it looked too good to be true. 
Yeah. Like it really did look too good when we went from an on-premise to cloud. It really looked too good to be true. We were saving a bunch of money. It was running a lot better. Everything was compatible. We didn't have to upgrade everything. We didn't have to, you know, worry about server security or any of that stuff. Like, it, and and you're like, so it's like ten times better than we've got now, but it's going to cost like one tenth of the price. Something's wrong with that. Yeah. Like that's your automatic reaction, right? But like it really is that much better. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think I think some people still have that bad reaction because it's kind of the idea of moving from right, I'm gonna pay um three grand, but then I'm gonna have an office subscription for my entire business. It's one flat fee. Rather than okay, instead of paying three grand, you're actually gonna pay like thirty pounds a month, like per user or something like that. Um and I think it's it's that investment that people have that short-sightedness in a way of, of seeing because it's the whole capex versus opex yeah that's the argument. thing the investment it's, it's not it's not a software problem it's an accountancy problem yeah and it's, <laughs> it's like you've got to you know you've, you you pay off that investment over time and you can put it into your funds over time and all that sort of thing it's just a yeah. different way of looking at it and i could never quite understand it we need an erp consultant to, to help yeah. us I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go into a whole argument here, but um, the whole idea of, of developing on SharePoint rather than developing on, on CDS. <laughs> hey, for, Chris. For me, it's like when people talk about it, they say, well, our, our users are never going to pay like £7.50 per user per month. And I'm just there like, just get, just hire a better salesperson. If you can't, yeah. if you can't get that through people's heads, then just hire a better salesperson. £7.50. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just it is a better sell, and it is just a what is your data worth, and what is your how how you know by doing that, how much are you saving? And and I think that's yeah. the the crux of all these discussions is it's costing you that much, and that you can see that figure. But yeah. what are the positive impacts, and then and all the rest of it off that that have had that effect? It's you know when you're replacing a a, a low hanging um, Excel spreadsheet. You know that yep. that thing took them half an hour every day to do, and you've replaced it with a power app, and now it takes five minutes. And then it's, you it's you, it's, it, you can't work that out. That's it. Yeah. You can't work that out, and people don't see that. They just see the seven fifty, yeah. which is bonkers. Because like it's not even that saving someone half an hour on that spreadsheet. It's building like a Power BI report or something like that, right? And then anyone can download or look at any of the management reports they want at any time and have fresh yeah. information, right? Rather than the guy in accounts who spends a whole week at yeah. the end of the month crunching the, crunching producing the their managing reports. Like you just you you saving a week, and the accessibility of that information is is invaluable. It's very difficult to justify, and and that's people don't calculate right. Okay, this process takes us. It costs the business 20 grand a year because it, it's half an hour for two people per per day times however many and that, you know and they don't can't do that they just see the 750 and that's that's the the crux of it they and anyway don't. who are they paying more less than 750 an hour to like oh, jesus yeah. who are they employing there can't get a beer <laughs> in london for 750 no mind exactly. can't even Price get a, what do they call them um apprentice for that anymore can you? <laughs> No, no. Like, what's the minimum wage? A minimum wage is like eight or nine quid, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, um, random question, Carl. Yeah. Your nickname is Cookie. Yeah. Which I'm guessing is 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 Cookson. Your last name. Yeah, yeah. How did you get that nickname? 
because my surname's Cookson. <laughs> so there wasn't, there's no, there's no better story behind it. Than no, that. no, not at all. <laughs> it was something that I've, the only people that call me Carl are work colleagues and my mother. Um, friends tend to, to go to Cookie um, quite quickly. Um, and, it, and it's just been something I've, I've had since four or five, really. Yeah. I've never known any any different. I couldn't tell you the origins apart from it's pretty obvious, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the re- yeah. the reason I asked is because I I've recently gotten a new nickname, which is MCJ. MCJ, uh, I love MCJ. So it's the thing that people keep referring to me as, and I think it's because like in especially when you meet people, they they tend to like to do that thing of like, oh, it's Mr. Truxton or it's Mrs. Mulligan or Miss Mulligan. It's like Mr. Collins Jones. That's the kind of a bit of a mouthful. So everyone's just shortening it to MCJ these days. And it's it's I love like that that sort of like entomology of names and where they come from. Yeah, it's it's it makes you feel part of the community, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, and that th- they've personalised you and branded you, you know, like the tattooed CRM girl and all the rest of them. There's, it's that it's that sort of branding that someone's decided, oh, that's what we're going to know you as and p- welcome. Yeah. So, what is your nickname, Alison? <laughs> I, I, I don't Do you know. Perhaps, perhaps you can tell me. <laughs> what does everyone call me behind my back? Wallers is the only one that I know. Yeah, um, everyone. Do you know what? I don't think just it's an we, official it's, thing. No, it's, it's just too Mullers. long. Again. It's too long, especially yeah, Alison Mulligan. Mulligan is quite just seems to appear from nowhere, like with absolutely no prompting from me. I've never once said call me, although it is on my shoes, actually, now I think about it. My shoes are, you probably yeah. can't see it. I've got, I'll take one of my shoes off. I've got my name on my shoes. Wow. Is that is that so if you get, like, drunk and fall over, like someone can, someone knows who you are? Oh, my, oh wrong side, wrong side. Wrong side, that one. Oh, nice. Is this part of your textilers thing that you've had to get your own branded shoes and stuff? Well, if you haven't got your branded shoes, are you even a person? No, that's true. I'm going to tell you. Um, I, don't, I don't get drunk. I, no. As you know. Yeah. So, uh, but just in case, if I take mushrooms and get found feet up in a field <laughs> or something like that. No. Uh, so that's, that's a good point. What is, what is textiles, Alison? I just got invited. So Textiles is this thing. Foyan is this amazing woman uh, based out of Nigeria, and she's starting up this uh, movement called Textilers, which is aiming to get women into tech or to help women improve their careers in tech. Yeah. And uh, and uh, like it's not it's not my baby. I just got invited along uh, to do a talk on their on their first session, um, and it was super fun. There's so many really inspiring women there. It was amazing. And uh, I think they've got Louisa Freeze on the next uh, next one. Nice. Um, Donna's part of that, isn't she? So Donna's part of that. Yeah, she yeah. does a lot of work out in uh, in Nigeria. Well, she does a lot of work she everywhere. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing to do. Like I'm super stoked to be involved in it, and I'm always happy to do anything they want me to. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. But uh, I think um, Sarah Critchley's involved in that as well. Uh, she was doing a lot of the branding for it and that kind of thing. And uh, anything she's involved in is always super awesome anyway. So. Highest. Like, she yeah. is a rock star. I miss her so How do you find, find the time? We do not know. Same with you, man. Doesn't how, do you, how do you find the time to do those videos? <laughs> yeah. Really? Uh, how? How? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not even like I could outsource it to someone. There's no one that really looks like me, <laughs> like sounds like me, like pay someone on Fiverr to do some uh, power automation. Uh, it's just, just, just you just find the time. You just give up all this stuff. I've let you know who needs sleep. That guy in Coronation <laughs> Street looks a bit like you. 
You could do like a Mission Impossible and Nathan Hunt, like you know. <laughs> what if you What if you did that now? What if you peeled your mask off and it was John Levesque underneath? <laughs> yeah. What you don't know is I'm actually Chris Huntingford. Um, yeah. This is. No, but you're actually good though. That's um, is that like personality. Is that makeup to cover? How did you do that <laughs> recording then of you and you and Emma Darcy on the last podcast? Well, what you makes you think Emma Darcy's real? <gasps> It's all, we're all computers. We're all, it's all part of simulation. I've squeezed each and every one of you at some point, so I know uh, that you're all really seen us all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> we're never all in the same place at the same time. That's, well, that's Do you have to choose which one you're going to be depending on who else is there? So, pretty much, pretty uh. much you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's on us. No, no, they're brilliant. Uh, yeah, but... Um, so the first time at you, uh, Carl, was at Stretch Summit. Um, this year, um, uh, I beg to differ. Oh, okay. Uh, but you probably don't remember. Obviously, you don't because you've just come up with that. Um, <laughs> we have been at several Thomas Dynamics 365 UK user groups together. Ah, uh, I've shook your hand several times, but you know, really? I- I'll take the Scottish summit, you know, okay. because you know, it was a good event and it's it's it was fun but yeah I, th- I think that that's the point that, that this year for me has been when i've been doing it rather than just attending yeah. and and getting involved and meeting up with alison and and you know we only met this time last year i think alison for the first time when i went along to your one of your your happy hours oh yeah uh, it was um it was a i think it was the first one we held in moorgate wasn't it yeah yeah getting lost around mortgage trying to find it um but but yeah getting involved doing rather than spectating so yeah it it's i, I mean i've i've spoken in the past to the community about the fact that i i have a struggle of being like an outsider at events and like the first couple of events i went to i was trying to stood in the corner and not really speaking to anyone um which is a terrible thing to do and everyone that goes to an event should it speak to at least one other person because this community is awesome um, but what I was trying to say to you was that yeah, sorry. Uh, was that at, at that Scottish summit you introduced me to the Hololens, because oh, yes. I had that. Um, do you guys ever just just like bunk off work and just go try and find like Minecraft in in Hololens or like some other games and just play that for like half an hour in the office? I, I would like to say that we do. Um, it gets hidden away, and uh, uh, the the cool kids at Avanar get to play with it rather than. Was uh, tech techies, but I did after Scottish summer. I did bring it home and let my sons have a play with it, and they were very impressed, including my uh, my my eldest son brought his friends home from school and stuff. So I got a lot of uh, brownie points. points. At that point. yeah. yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised because I've never I've never used a whole lens. I've used like um, Oculus and and Gear VR and stuff like that, and natural VR, but I've never never used the 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 Hololens before. And that thing was incredible. Like just it 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 was just that mash of i know obviously it's mixed reality but it just worked so well when we got working <laughs> and that's even that from the the, the hololens to hololens 2 is yeah. and it's there's a jump isn't there from one to and two it, and it and it and it's just that you know the iphone to the iphone 2 etc there's yeah. such a big change and, and suddenly suddenly realizing how to do it so they've they've been t- They've been trying to do it, and then suddenly they go, "Hang on a minute, we we can do that there." And we've yeah. knocked out all those things. At that point, you know, when you've got it 
when you're not reliant on a massive computer next to you and it's all on, on your head and it's comfortable and you can wear it and that sort of thing it just becomes a no-brainer if you've got the cash yeah. to part talking of the um the hololens my my good friend anna Waite uh does a lot of the uh, uh mixed reality stuff at microsoft mm. And uh, she was, uh, I originally met her because she was like our change manager when we yeah. were going on to Dynamics CRM. So, uh, yeah. And she demoed one of the one of the London user groups when we were in that big posh house. Yes. Wherever yeah. that was. I can't I think, remember. Yeah, I think she, I met Anna before she was actually working at Microsoft. Yeah, I did. She was working at Mercury. She did our implementation for Mercury. Ah, yeah. yeah. Was, um, was Small hard. world. Yeah. Small. That, do you know what that is? It like everyone knows everyone. Uh, in <laughs> and that's really nice. It's it is. Like, do you know what the the, th the the wonderful thing about community is? So for me, as a small business, um, none of the partners give a shit about supporting us because we're not worth any money to them, right? You know, yeah. less than ten users is not is not worth it to them. They're not going to make any money out of us. So nobody's really bothered about making sure that we're getting the best out of the power platform. Yeah. Um, and Honestly, without this community to learn like all everybody else's uh, hints and tips and seeing other people's videos and being able to patch stuff together for myself, I wouldn't be able to do the stuff that I've been doing on our system. And it's made a big difference to us and it's made a big difference yeah. to our business. Um, and the other thing that I love about a community, especially a community like this, where it's quite uh, where, where there is a lot of, you know, everybody knows everybody kind of thing um, is it tends to be self-governing in mm. that like yeah. everybody plays nicely and is nice and respectful yeah. to each other uh, and, and uh, i think that works really really well i think we need to bring more people into it though i i totally agree with you and I, I was i was i had a problem at the weekend i always have problems at weekends but the, 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 i had a technical problem <laughs> was it a weekend, weekend. <laughs> okay. and um i reached out to jason who works for itachi and yeah. you know and they're a competitor to ours you know they're, they're a direct competitor but he was helping along with trisha and and all the rest of it and we and we had a frank discussion and, and sorted it out and and it's at the, even at the the partner level this community is really great and 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 it bubbles down to all the levels i think i think there's the community um we you know i'm trying to get um more involvement for those people that can't get involved and, and that's yeah. where i'm at with it is, is just trying to reach those corners that we don't normally reach and and that could be for funds or time but it's just making sure that we're making ourselves available you know i was helping out another chap that was just starting on the power platform from a erp background and you know, and just getting on and sorting out a bit of uh, power outs with him was, was just eye opening to to me even to because I don't get involved in it every day, but you just you just just help out and learn. I think learning is the key for me. Yeah, I the the thing for me as well is like you know I kind of I don't I don't want to use podcast as a, a way to advertise my own stuff. It's it's more about bringing other people up to the forefront and being that kind of cheerleader and, and advocate for all the people that may not have voices and stuff. But I'm not saying you guys don't have voices, I'm just trying to amplify, you know, the messages I've and definitely stuff. Definitely got a voice. And and not not be about me. But But um, you know there's always someone better. You know, there's there's always oh, yeah. you, you just can't get to the point where you think, oh that guy either says it a different way or does it a different way than I do. Therefore, I should be celebrating that and learning from him rather than um, saying he's wrong, you know, and, and that's that's it. You know, the, the, I will let the salespeople worry about competition in my book. You know, yeah. the, the power platform guys just get on and do it. Yeah, so like I mean, the, the reason, sorry. Like, go on. 
I was going to say the reason I started um, learning about Power Automate was because every time I came to a problem that I would solve with Power Automate, it it was always from that I have this use case, I need this answer. And what I found is that I didn't know enough about the platform to go, yeah, that's the thing that I'm going to use to solve this business problem. So when I looked, I just went, right, okay, I need to learn every single thing. I need to learn all the steps. And what I've actually found is that by doing that, I have learned and, and been able to figure out so much. Now, I don't I don't remember it all. I'm the first person to say I don't remember it all. Yeah. But I have those videos. And when someone comes to me and emails me or sends me a message or a tweet or something and says, I've got this problem, what, what do you suggest? And I go, that kind of sounds like this. And I'll go off, I'll watch my video for 20 seconds. I go, right, here you go. Here's a video on this. This will solve this part of the problem. Hopefully, that will be enough to get you where you need to be and allow me to just share that knowledge with people while I'm learning at the same time. So it's, it's a massive learning journey for me. And I, and when I do get those messages of, yeah, that solved my problem or that video was great, that's what really keeps me going. That's why I keep doing uh, it. But, but you're, gonna, you're also going to think that Microsoft have been bad for a lot of years. It's got like better in the recent years about documentation and, and yeah. tutorials and, and learning. They've been really quite awful at it. And this whole community is grown around the fact that, that there's a lot of unknowns still within our products and learning from that and learning how to to make it work is is where I'm at. I, th I think like I, I think also that a lot of this stuff changes so quickly yeah. that just trying to trying to keep on top of the documentation or learning tutorials would be like painting the fourth bridge but um, going back to something you said earlier Matt like you know it's 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 totally okay to promote yourself you should promote <laughs> yourself some of the stuff you've been doing is awesome like I've learned a lot from it and I'm not going to be the only one right and it's it, but it's really important that we share this, this stuff as we learn it because like you know I'm, I'm doing a little mini course about how to get started in Power Platform which is super basic and it's telling people to do like app in a day or power behind a day or whatever but um, which obviously is not my content it's it's run yeah. by various different people but like the difficulty with that content is you don't you need to do you need to have a business case you need to have something a problem mm. that you're trying to solve to be able yeah. to learn probably you only learn by doing and you have to do like you can do an app in a day but then when you <laughs> what it doesn't teach you is like yeah right well i need to get some information out of crm and change it and then put it back in uh, and I didn't understand the naming conventions behind what some devs done in, in this bit of customization or yeah. you're trying to do a Power BI report and you can't pick out which which field is which from the from the columns you've downloaded and stuff like that. You have to do this stuff. You actually yeah. so that's where, you know, your videos and, and other people's videos and, and they're all like some of them are a lot of similar content, but they're all slightly different and everybody's getting something different. You don't know exactly what someone needs at that point when they stumble across your video, but hopefully yeah. they get it right. And that's, you know, that's the whole point of sharing the sharing the love. Sharing yeah. The and fact, and yeah, and you're you're great at it. I tried the video thing and I realized I've got a face for silent movies and a <laughs> voice. A face for silent? No, 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 something like that. Anyway, I've got it all. Face for radio. <laughs> a face for radio. I think you're But I also tried to do it in three minutes, and that was just so much like hard work. See, not many the people editing, can do the one minute Monday, you know. The, the editing, the editing on it was just trying to speed everything up to get it into the three minutes, and then editing my voice and trying to keep my voice in time. Oh, is, it, is this part where I have to tell you this is a video podcast? <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'm hoping you're not going to edit it. You might want to take 10 minutes out of that monologue. But, uh, Hopefully you'll take all of Carl's horrific swearing out of the beginning. No, no, swearing's fine. The, yeah, uh, the editing is just basically start at the end. <laughs> editing process. Which is great, which is great. But when you have to do, when you're not a talented guy like I am, that probably uh, editing is, is, is hard work. And it, it always has been. Probably because I'm not very creative. But do you know what, Carl? I think you sell yourself short, and like, and you've got yeah. such a brilliant sense of humour that that was the only thing I would have liked to say. I would have liked you to throw in a joke in there. I know it was three minutes long, but I would have liked to joke in there. I uh, I am planning on doing more videos. Like, don't just don't edit it. Just record it and just, like, go, yeah. This is I, it. I think it's going to be the you know the, there's there's an awful lot of videos on power apps flow and all the rest of it not not disrespecting what you've done Matt but yeah I, I think there still needs some love on dynamics and and you know the, the the concepts and the fundamentals of dynamics seem to get lost along the way I could give um, you a million topics on dynamics that I'd like to see videos on and that's part of the, you know like I was saying it's about learning so I've done ones recently on sales insights etc it's because I didn't know it and, and and Megan does that wonderfully that she sets herself a challenge and saying yeah. I've got a month. I need to create a month's worth of content on Google. That means I need to know that stuff inside out. And yeah. it's a great idea if you've got the time, which I tend to not. Uh, she's she's again. She's like Critchy. She's a yeah, yeah. powerhouse. I don't know how she finds the time to do all of this stuff. Yeah. Like literally, she's just always bang on it, like all yeah. the time. And, uh, and jealous, I love her. Jealousy. Is I'm very jealous. Yeah, I am actually very jealous. Yeah. She's definitely an achiever. It's just all about all about learning to live with little or no sleep. It's fine. That's, that's <laughs> all it is. So. Um, I, I gave up. I gave up the perfectionism because, I'm, as I'm sure you've noticed, the production values on my videos are not very high. But like, it's about getting the message yeah, out. Yeah. So John John Levesque does his motivation Monday uh, videos. Does he? Yeah, it's and just... he, he's got three series of it. And one of the things that really stuck with me was. Um, Whatever you do is good enough. If it's good enough for you, it's good enough. So when I look at my videos, my videos are very, very basic. It's like an opening slide, then me talking and clicking things, and then a closing slide. And that that's that's it. I don't need animations, I don't need transitions. As long as the message inside gets through to people, yeah. which is that's the important bit. I don't care that there's no transition. You don't need a gimmick, and I think that's my point is that you don't need a gimmick. I'm not looking for I'm not looking for Raging Bull or Citizen Kane when I watch these videos, right? Start what I'm looking for <laughs> <laughs> Do the next one. Do the next one, Mark. I dare you. Yeah. Rosebud. I, um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not looking for, for that. I'm not looking for, you know, uh, a, a Michael Bay production. Oh no, we can't talk about him today, can we? But like what I'm looking for is content that I can learn from and yeah. I especially love you know the follow-along demos where you can do it yourself and yeah. just pause the video and, and and copy along. You know I find that stuff so valuable. It's it's worth like I don't understand. I yeah, I've probably, probably old school that I rather read documents. I'd rather read a blog than the, what, yeah, watch a video because yeah. I copy and paste. You know, that's, that's the key. It's got to be a bit of copy and paste in there for me to it's steal. It'll be that code, will it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. You've got loads of uh, MCJ's JSON code in all your stuff, have you? Well, yes. I was thinking about you earlier, Matt. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> 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 no, what, no. 
<laughs> he lives in candles. A, a downtime. <laughs> a little quiet time for myself. No, it, it was it was your uh, video popped up when I was doing a search uh, on uh, <laughs> not on Pornhub. <laughs> I think you've lost the lesson. It was a friendly search, not on a <laughs> safe, <laughs> safe search on. Yeah, safe search on. <laughs> but, um, it was around uh, actions in. Uh... <sighs> Can you just mute her or something? Because she's. Sorry. <laughs> it's around uh, unbound actions in Dyn in uh, Flow, and uh, your your video pop popped up. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I, uh... I was doing. What was I doing? I was. I was looking for something the other day on. Um... Giggling yourself again, weren't you? <laughs> no, I wasn't doing it on myself. There's, there's, two, there's uh, yeah, too many times I do it on myself. I was looking for something on like filtering arrays or something, and I wanted, I wanted basically the value out of an array or out of a, a JSON object, but I didn't want the label with it in flow and i watched all my videos and i couldn't find it so i started googling it and then just all my videos kept popping off and i was like i don't want this i just watch them i'm just watching them. they weren't helpful i need the other thing have you been uh, like megan series on the on the google analytics and stuff like that it's been super interesting yeah, it's just delivered to my mailbox every morning so yeah. i need to, i do need to invest a bit more time in my google analytics it's one thing i i kind of look at it and go oh that's, that's nice and then just close it Jen, and just go back but i think that's, that, that, that it's coming down to whether you want to sell yourself again and you know i'm just putting stuff out there do i am i trying to market myself and i think i i'm not and it probably to my own detriment a lot of the time but i don't want to yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about what you want to do. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, know, I know the reason I started my blog and then the reason why I started my videos was because I come from the end user background where I didn't have any support. We didn't have a partner support contract. I basically had to learn our CRM system and, and do stuff. So all my knowledge, uh, I say my knowledge, all my original knowledge came from like, blog post by random people and like videos and videos weren't really a thing you know like you know eight years ago uh, of of this sort of stuff so if i can help people that's the reason i do it and it's not really about selling it it's more about like if i can help someone then you know the rest is the rest is fine so. but like posting out the questions because i had a problem where i had um i had a problem with dynamics where we had some people who'd left like ages ago and they'd built like some views and dashboards and stuff like that. And what our um, CRM provider didn't tell us is you need to reassign all of that stuff before you kill those people off or mark them as yeah. inactive because then yeah. you can't do anything. Like only the user can get rid of those views and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, why they wouldn't tell me that, I've no idea. And then they're like, I'm like, I can't delete these views and these dashboards. Like, oh, yeah, of course, because the user's inactive. I'm like, well, could you not have told me that before you made them inactive? Like, can you make them active again? No, it doesn't work like that. So I'm like, yeah, information I could have done with before you yeah. made them inactive then, quite honestly. And um, so I, I posted up on Twitter about it and somebody, that was my first dalliance with the XRM toolbox. Because uh, somebody said, "Oh, there's a tool in XRM Toolbox that can uh, you can assign the the views over to yourself for yeah. inactive users, so that you can get rid of them." So I did like I just spent a few hours doing that. It's, and, it's about the unknown, isn't it? Because you know, your your first dalliance in there for one thing, and then you'll realise that there's two hundred odd of them things there that you probably of things that you'll never need, but you know, you, just to know it's there. Yeah, exactly. But like it's it's that that help and and support. 
um, like it's just been really valuable. Like like you were saying, yeah. Matt. You know, while I was trying to find my way around the system and stuff because we didn't have anybody particularly supporting us in debt. Well, you've just seen the level of support we were getting. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just having suggestions from people on ways to handle things. It was really yeah. And that's what the community is really great. I just reaching out to anyone, regardless of you know business and everything else. Like Charles, I'd reach out to Jason. So, um, speaking of the XRM toolbox, you've just released a new tool, haven't you, Mister Trucky? Yeah. Um, around um, well, if you're not new to Dynamics, that you've been around a work, quite a while, that you would always come across org settings, um, which are basically a load of hidden options that Microsoft don't really want you to know about but help in certain situations and so they don't make a, an interface to to update them it's an xml document against your org record um which the only way you've been able to edit that recent until recently was via a solution that sean mcnillis created who's now microsoft and he still updates his tool um but for so long i've 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 had dealings with that org settings um for quite a few clients and, and it's particularly useful around email configuration and synchronizations of emails. And I wanted to make make it available outside of a solution um, just so that you could move between environments and not have to go through the trouble of putting a solution in. And all it did was, and it, and it was a learning exercise again for yeah. me to understand what goes behind the scenes of XRM Toolbox. It's, it's uh, full-on coding that which I haven't done for quite a few years and it was just like well there's a reason for me to go and learn and, and that's that's it basically um and yeah thankfully it got released last week and and yeah it seems to be going well yeah I've already downloaded it it's on my uh, my work laptop connected to environment just started having a look at it just to see what it kind of did behind the scenes and then found that option to sort of disable that show navigation yeah. show welcome screen every time like Oh my god, this is like the best thing. I can't I can't remember if that's actually an option you have, but I get so annoyed that it pops up on every environment that I'm on. Yeah. Especially if I'm logging in as test users or like incognito if I'm trying to test something at like with no cache um on a user that I'm logged in on Chrome profile. So annoying, just oh, yeah, no, I don't want that. Is the one for um no, I don't want to submit feedback to you, Mr. Microsoft. I don't know actually. They're all documented. There's there's a there's a KB page that, that documents them all, and Sean's done a great job of keeping that up to date because there's always new ones coming out that that they're they're putting in to fix problems customers are seeing, and and you'll see their versions and change. So they're they're all out there. My blog's got. Um, I did a series last year about documenting them all to give a more of an understanding of them um, because some of them are just like. Okay, that's going to be some specific reasoning for a customer that they fixed that, and the customer was big enough that they put a setting in for. So some of them are very obtuse. Yeah, uh, I can appreciate that. And I want to evolve that now into like making it move those settings between environments and that sort of thing, because that was what Toolbox allows you to do. You don't have yeah. to sit on to one environment. Oh, that'd be cool. Copy and copy settings from like yeah, TV, yeah. not from like you know test dev to test to UA. Oh, it should be cool. part of your ALM process, sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, like I just, I only just found out from I was on the Birmingham UG, I think not last month, maybe it was, you know, I think it was May, and uh, Feridun was doing a session on security, and I, it, it, I was like 
today years old that day when I found out that I could have been setting everybody's uh, um, roles up centrally instead of going in and switching all, all of the stuff on individually for each person, which is what I've been doing every yeah. time I set someone up. So that, that was my, um, my homage to the security. That was my bits of pie. You've got to explain it in pies. <laughs> pie oh. I have eaten and pie I have yeah, not yeah. eaten. Yeah. Ferdin does loads of really good um, talks on just like CRM basics, but you're surprised at how many people in this community still don't understand the basics of CRM. Yeah, there was um, so much stuff in that presentation. Yeah, but I think that's, <laughs> that's the evolution because there's, there's a yeah. lot of the power platform people that, that don't really care about security because they've got a Canvas app. And until, <laughs> you real, until they come across a problem, yeah. they don't need yeah. to. What's security? Yeah, they just um, published the app. That's it, isn't it? You know. Do you know, I met Ferdin for the first time a couple of years ago. I'm sure I met him. Probably the same time you met me. Same time met you. And I was not bitter. I remember watching the CRM 2013 videos, training videos, and the Dynamics Learning Portal, which had Ferdin Chadir do all the training videos. So I, when I met him for the first time, I said. You're Ferdin today. <laughs> He's like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Well <laughs> done. Like starstruck. <laughs> oh, no, I get that with Neil Neil Parkhurst. He's my yeah. like. <gasps> Do you? <gasps> oh. But they're both yeah, lovely people. Well. Oh, so lovely. oh yeah, 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 they are. But you, but going up to Neil Park, you're Neil Parkhurst. That and that's that's my introduction because I know his face and yeah. use him so his blog so much. Yeah, I took a selfie with Neil Parkhurst like four years ago, and you could really tell he didn't want to take the selfie with me. He was just being <laughs> polite, but it was great. I was like, "This is Neil Parkhurst. This fuck, <laughs> this guy right here." Oh, I think he Neil Parkhurst. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alison, yes. one minute, elevator pitch. Why should I buy an air fryer? Oh my god! Why wouldn't you buy an air fryer? One Do you minute. like eating food? Then buy an air fryer. Like. Like you, I'm a massive foodie, and I think people assume if you're vegan that you're not, but I am actually a huge foodie. Also, a laser. Uh, Benitez is also a massive foodie, and, and Mark Christie loves his food too. He likes to cook. And um, so, air fryer, you, it's not just for frying chips, right? So, you can do low calorie chips and sweet potato fries and all that kind of thing in there. But also, uh, if you ever order pizza, take out, or you make your own pizza or whatever, you have leftover pizza, instead of microwaving it the next day, uh, and it being all soggy, you can put it in the air fryer for like two minutes and it's instantly like brand new again, right? So there's that. I've been making cookies in my air fryer. I've been making bread in my air fryer. I made dough balls, delicious dough balls, like the ones you get in Pizza Express. Oh my God, they're amazing. And like, I don't like, like this is awful. I don't like heating the oven. I was talking to Andy Bibby about this and saying, I feel like it's a giant waste of money to have my oven heating up for like half an hour. Like it's just burning money, right? But like an air fryer is just like a mini oven, like a convection oven, and it just cooks things like really fast. So it's like if a microwave and an oven had a baby, that that's your air fryer, right? So like I can do cookies from frozen, like I make the dough and I freeze it in balls and I just put two balls of the cookie dough in the air fryer. And seven minutes later, I have two freshly baked cookies ready to go. Like, so I'm only ever seven minutes away from a freshly, freshly baked cookie. I'm jealous of that. And tofu makes amazing, because oh, tofu is one of those things. Yeah, don't be like that, it's delicious. Like tofu, if you try and do it in a frying pan, it takes like forever to, to um, get like a decent uh, firmness and yeah. to crisp out and stuff. Like, 
like eight minutes in, just chop it up, put it in the air fryer for eight minutes. Beautiful, absolutely perfect. Like it's just, it's such a winner. It's it's such a winner. The air fryer. Like I'm gonna send you a link. You'd need to get one. Like okay. I don't know why you wouldn't have one. There's just okay. so, there's no good reason. Yeah. So that's my that's my one minute. Uh, air fryer thing. So that is that okay, Carl? We, we yeah, I suppose so. It was longer than a minute, but well, was, you know, if you edit it out, it's Microsoft. <laughs> so, it's, 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 um, so what do you guys have coming up, Carl? What uh, what are you doing at the moment? Where are you speaking? What are you doing? Well, Alison can make an announcement. So Alison and I are both part of well, uh, Power Platform Virtual Happy Hour, which is a mouthful we know, um, which was a concept that we began in January, February this year. Um, and we're into our, we are six, so our six month anniversary in July. And, and if you, if you edit this in and put a drum roll in Matt, nice. You don't pop a drum, drum roll. roll. No, no, you need to do, you need to get some editing skills. I, and some, I don't, and, uh, I don't, I don't have the rights to uh, music or a drum. <laughs> so. Drum roll, please. So we have we have an exciting guest for July. Oh my! Tell me more. Alison, can you yeah, we can. Alison can. Why? Why are you frightened of saying it? No, it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> if you so say the name to Mirror three times, exactly. It, I don't want to admit that. I don't, so I'm going to exactly. So we we for uh, for July is it for the July, which is on July twenty second? Yeah. July twenty second. Uh, yep. We've got uh, we've got Donna Sarkar joining us. So what? This yeah. is news to me. I am not in that WhatsApp chat whatsoever. I did not know <laughs> we, any we of let this. Let anyone know, Matt. It's we been didn't a, know. Been a bit of a secret. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So such that's... a wonderful speaker as well. Like I I I saw her speak at Ignite in London. I went to all her talks there. Um, I was up dancing um in one of her talks because that's what you do because you get homework um and i was voluntold oh, yeah was that the one with dax yeah with yeah ducks. Ducks. sorry not dax <laughs> sorry sorry ducks um so yeah wow so donna stra nice yeah uh, yeah so she'll be doing 15 minutes on i'm not sure what and uh, we've got a couple of a couple of other lady guests to announce so we're having an all-female one for the First time. Well, which... may, we may be having an all-female contest. You haven't decided if we're going to have the hack winner or not. Yeah, no. Um, we'll see. But we, we, it's to be announced next week, depending on when, whenever this goes out, really. Yeah. Be announced. Um, um, and we'll uh, let you know. But yeah, this, we've had some. We've had John Levesque on, and we've had yourself on. Obviously, yeah. big names like that. And, um, <laughs> And I, I basically well, it was the I, obvious uh, choice after you two. You know. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I just like setting Alison challenges really. Um, <laughs> and I've, I have gone for Mr. Lamana and uh, Mr. Cunningham for uh, our year anniversary. So I'm, I'm assuming that she's going to do that as well. So I've got some fairly serious groundwork to put in there. Yeah, just uh, satya.nadala at like i feel like uh, i feel like uh, mcj's throwing down a, a challenge there carlos and yeah. we need to get such an adela on our power platform virtual oh, happy hour summit knows him summit yeah, exactly the virtual happy hour is is you know is meant to be that quite short and you know we were saying bringing people into the community and yeah. we started this before covid hit um and we had one before 
everyone started doing virtual stuff. Um, so, but we intend to carry on afterwards and, and it's that short, uh, an hour out of your life, three topics, nice and short, um, that hopefully sits with people well and uh, we carry on. Keith Watlin summed up the, the happy hour the other day that said, um, they're 15 minute talks, which means if you have a really shit speaker, you only have to listen to them for 15 minutes and then and then you're on to the next one. And, so, and you're at home, so you can yeah. just make a cup of tea or go and get a gin or whatever it is that you want to do. And, it's yeah. like little bite-sized content that people can digest on a, on a stool night, so it's brilliant. Yeah. We do enjoy it. I, I particularly enjoy hanging out with Carlos because he's proper funny and um, like it's it, it was the like he said the whole the whole point of it was people weren't there there are people who couldn't who were not based around London so they're not coming to London events and the kind of events uh, elsewhere are maybe not convenient for them or they can't you know if they've got kids they can't then at six o'clock go off and uh, spend the evening uh, listening oh, well. to people. When I was in Reading, I didn't do, I did like the, the, you know, I got the day away from work to go to the London one, London, the full day one, but the evening events just weren't something that I could, you know, go from Reading into London, back to home. It just wouldn't yeah. happen. And and it's th those sort of people that we're trying to reach really is is yeah. from across the, the, the people that haven't got a local uh, community or haven't got time to get there or can't afford to get there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, anything else from you guys? Are you talking anywhere else, or anything else to advertise? I've got some sessions out, but I haven't I haven't heard back on them yet. I've put some uh, uh, calls out, or I've answered some calls, shall we say? I haven't heard back on them yet, so maybe they'll go out. But um, I will be planning with Laura Graham Brown, who is lovely, mm. um, a Power BI in a day, uh, because there's not that many people running Power BI in a day, um, so. Uh, depending on when this goes out, hopefully I might have a link for registration sorted out. When how when will this go out? Do you know? Uh, probably in the next few days. So oh, uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Depend, I, depends how busy. Yeah. So, so yeah, we've got. I've got this. Yeah, I've got the European Summit next week that I'm presenting at, and then I'm doing uh, the Birmingham Music Group on the 8th of July. I think uh, that's, I, 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 no, that isn't one that I was going to speak at because I already spoke at Birmingham. I am going to that one though. That's with Ryan. I'm, Ryan and I are doing a talk about how to migrate from workflow to Power Automate. Oh, uh, fantastic. Gotchas, which is similar to what the session you did, Matt, I think. But obviously uh, better is me and Matt, me and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do a better job than uh, the the several times I've been presenting this recently. <laughs> it's and that's what it is: is different takes on different things. So it's all it's all good. It's and all I, good. I think when you like, move from a dynamics background, it's it's the gotchas. It's yeah. That. For me, it's like yeah, but there's always this situation, and however much um, Microsoft and Chris try and and John try and push you to stop using them, there's there's still reasons why. Yeah. Like it's not it's not always a clear case, is it? We've got some uh, custom workflows in our system that wouldn't like I think that would be really difficult to translate over. But like the, also because some of them, like if they're done for our environment, they have to be done for everybody's environment by yeah. Mercury. So, you know, stuff like that is a bit of an issue. Um, but like going back to the like 
people present things different. like people learn things differently like Carlos prefers to read blog content I prefer to watch video so you know like that's why there's room for everybody to put their content out there like everybody's covering something very slightly differently uh, and doing it and explaining it in a different way yeah Um, uh, so different yeah, different mediums hit different people. Like this is a video podcast, but there's an audio only version of it. You should definitely shouldn't watch episode two, um, like audio only. You should definitely watch the video for I, that. I was I was doing audio, and then you started playing the game, and I'm like, I'm definitely missing out. <laughs> I had to switch to video. I, I had to. I was I had laughing to, so much. I had to clip some audio for Emma the other day, and I had to rewatch the whole game. <laughs> sat there laughing to myself on my laptop. Is that because yeah. of Chris's attention span was so small that you you had to play a game with him? Is that what he, it was? He just thought. Well, the, uh, so if you haven't seen it, the I, I Chris was was WhatsApp me and he said we should we should make a game, we should have a game, and I was like okay I'm on it, and it was a game of um, like what's the animal, so where I basically I, I had a, a a canvas app that I created in like ten minutes that would randomly look up a picture of an animal and show it, and then get the name of it. Um, and uh, obviously Chris is a big big fan of badgers so I threw a couple of badgers in there but between him shouting badger every five seconds or like <laughs> Ewok or something else it's what was the hedgehog? it was a battle mouse or something <laughs> battle mouse, <laughs> yeah. Battle mouse. Yeah, I I showed my wife a picture of the um of the honey badger, and she said, "What is that? Some sort of gorilla skunk? <laughs> like a gorilla skunk?" So, but yeah, it's it's so hilarious. If you get a chance to yeah. scroll back Chris and watch is, that, yeah, I have I have watched it. But I, Chris is so hilarious. It's so competitive. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we we didn't get a game. You did. Oh, sorry. Ne- maybe next time you have to come back, and we'll we'll do. Can you air fry this or not? <gasps> Yes, it's like will it blend will it, like, blend, will it air yeah. fry yes <laughs> so what so also we need to talk about instant pots if you don't have one of those i've had this conversation with ryan mclean uh, we we need to talk about instant pot. i don't know what an instant pot is oh my god you're missing out so i'm gonna have to come back and talk about okay <laughs> we'll get on the, on the next one which uh, we'll have a we'll have a food orientated podcast Just have the power platform foodies are you not doing an air fryer thing with megan and, and that on top of no, all the rest. Not as, far as I, not as far as I know. Although Megan and I were swapping air fryer recipes today. I sent her my cookie recipe today. Yeah, I did say you should do a spin-off podcast with Megan and Lisa and call it the Fry Up podcast. <laughs> the Fry Up. I saw that, yeah. That was funny. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you very much for uh, for uh, hanging out with me for an hour tonight. Um, I do appreciate you giving up the time. So. Uh, thank you very much, oh, guys. Thank you very much for having me. I really thank appreciate you, it. It's an honour to be asked, Matt. I really it enjoyed is. it. It is really, really good fun. Thank you, Matt. No worries. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.